morning. Good morning. We praise God for you joining us as far as St. Paul Online is concerned, and we certainly don't take for granted uh, your being here and watching us online. We thank God for each and every one of you who is checking us out on the various platforms that we are engaging in worship. If you're watching us on Facebook, YouTube, or engaging with us in our live chat room found on our church website, we welcome you to what we call St. Paul Online. Our digi ministers as well as social media influencers are ready to engage each and every one of you. So I want you to do us a favor. Real quick, invite your family and friends to join us. Share this experience with them. If you're watching us on Facebook, share it on your personal timeline. Don't start a separate watch party. Uh, if you're on YouTube, subscribe to our channel and encourage others to subscribe to our channel. Then text the link of this worship experience to your family and friends. And if you're in the chat room on our church website, click on the invite button in your chat window to share this experience with us. Thank you for joining us. I'm going to ask that Minister Eric Edwards will come. He's going to lead us as far as our worship experience is concerned. Hallelujah. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make his boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Good morning, church family. Welcome to our service. Uh, we're here to praise the Lord this morning. God has given us one more chance to just praise him. And I know if you're in your living room, in the kitchen, in the bedroom, you can give God a mighty praise just by the mere fact that we get to worship him one more time. Let's join in with the choir as they seem to open him deeper, deeper.
you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or on our church website, just comment in comment sections. Let us know what city, state, or country that you're watching from. For our scripture this morning, it comes from Psalm 25, verses 1 through 5. And it reads, To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Indeed, let no one who waits on you be ashamed. Let those be ashamed who deal treacherously without cause. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. Let's go to God in prayer. God, we come before you this morning to just say thank you. God, thank you for another day, God. Another day to just see you, God, to worship, to praise you, God, to come in together, whether it's at home or in this building right now, to worship you, God, to lift your name on high because you've been so good to us. God, you've been better to us than we've been to ourselves. And God, for that, we say thank you. God, we ask that your spirit just move, God, not only in this sanctuary, but, God, in our homes. God, let us feel your presence, God, and let somebody who's watching today who doesn't know Christ, God, come to know Christ. Come to confess him as as their Lord and Savior. God, you get all the glory and all the praise today, God. It's about you. God, we pause and just reflect and focus, God, on you and give you all of the honor. God, we love you and we say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
That, that we have through him yeah. and for who he is. He is mm. incredible. Amen, amen. Thank you all. Thank you all for that. Let me say good morning, everyone, and let me say what's up to the Impact children and youth that are joining in to service right now for this Impact moment. I hope you guys are doing well and uh, still enjoying and making the most out of your summer vacation. Um, if you all haven't been able to tell yet, um, I'm being a youth pastor this morning, and I got a t-shirt on. And, uh, you know, I really enjoy wearing T-shirts. And But this is a special T-shirt because this week is Vacation Bible School. Amen. Amen. Even still in a pandemic, we can still learn about Jesus. We can still learn about Jesus. And so, uh, man, it's uh, our theme for uh, this week is going to be, I've got this with Jesus. Remember that last part. Remember that last part. 
But that is what we'll be going through this week. I'll have the pleasure of teaching the, uh, the, the teens this week, and so I look forward to being with y'all and uh, hopefully learning a little bit, a little bit of something about what it looks like to have peace with Jesus. And so uh, this morning, before I go, jump into the message, I also want to encourage you guys to go ahead and check out uh, the promo video that our own Kennedy and Kingston Williams put out um, on their YouTube channel. Uh, Kennedy's Adventures is what it's called, and I believe the, their v, the VBS video is also up there, as well as on Facebook. So I'm sure we might be able to share that with you so you can see um, some, of the, some of our wonderful kids in this ministry go to work and do their thing. So, amen, amen. Now, the title of this morning's message is going to be taking a little bit of a page out of the Vacation Bible School playbook, and we'll be going off of the theme a little bit that we will be using this week, but the title of this morning's message is going to be Take Your Teacher's Advice. Our memory verse is from Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, and I'll be reading, guys, from the New International Version, and it says this, I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. And then lastly, our bottom line for today is, I have peace because Jesus got me, because Jesus got me. Now, in order to define or describe what peace is to you all this morning, uh, I thought of an old episode from one of my favorite TV shows growing up when I was a kid. Uh, It's called Avatar, The Last Airbender. And uh, if you know this show, then you know that it's just come back on Netflix recently. And so hopefully and prayerfully, you have seen it since they put it on Netflix. I have been binge-watching it and making sure I go back and watch all of the old episodes Um, It was one of my favorite TV shows as a kid, and I love just reliving those old memories and watching it. Let me describe to you a a little bit of what it's about. In Avatar, it's a story about a kid named Aang who is set to be the next Avatar. And what what he's trying to set out to do is to master all four elements that are present in the show, and that's water, fire, earth, and air. And now he himself is an airbender, which is why it's called the last airbender. But he's setting out to master all of these four elements and to be basically the savior, in a sense, of the world, of the Avatar world, and save them, the rest of the groups, from the Fire Nation, the evil Fire Nation that has set and trying to attack and set war on the whole world that they are present in in the show. Now, as he sets out to master all four elements, his journey isn't an easy one. As Aang sets out on this journey, he's also met by some opposition, an enemy of his. It's the leader um, and the king of the Fire Nation, his son, Prince Zuko is his name, Prince Zuko. And so Zuko has some help from Fire Nation soldiers in his quest to capture the Avatar. And by capturing the Avatar, as he set out to do, he will be able to restore his honor and feel worthy to be called his father's son. And so as he sets out to do this, he's accompanied by soldiers, but he's also accompanied by his uncle as well, his dearly beloved uncle named Uncle Iroh, who is a former general. And if you ask me, this Uncle Iroh is just like basically, basically your grandpa, but just, just amazing, an amazing cartoon version of him. And he is so friendly, so awesome, so peaceful. And to me, he makes the show. Now, in this, Uncle Iroh is so peaceful and chill that if you ask me, he's able to set the tone and really really be the peaceful opposite, opposite of his, son, uh, his nephew, Prince Zuko. And so in one scene in particular, his, you see the two go at it. Uncle Iroh um, shows us a glimpse of how peaceful and how calm he actually is. The scene starts out with Prince Zuko frustrated and upset, walking through the forest and yelling for his uncle. He says, uncle, it's time to leave. Where are you? And when he walks out of the forest, He gets out of the forest and he looks and he sees his uncle's clothes hanging from a tree limb. And he looks down and he sees his uncle's shoes and 
He starts to get even more frustrated, wondering what his uncle could be doing, and he yells again, Uncle Iroh! And you just hear calmly, over here, he says. And uh, you, uh, the camera flashes over, and Uncle Iroh is just casually chilling in a hot spring of water, which is basically just a natural hot tub uh, made, by, made by nature's water. And so he's just chilling in it, and his nephew Zuko is clearly even more frustrated when he sees that his uncle is just chilling when there's work to be done. And he says, Uncle, we are right on the Avatar's trail, and we don't want to lose him. And so Uncle Iroh then calmly says to him, You look tired, Prince Zuko. Why don't you, why don't you join me in these hot springs and soak away your troubles? And Zuko gets so impatient that he yells out in a moment of frustration, These troubles can't be soaked away. Oh, then Uncle Iroh then calmly says to Prince Zuko, You should take your teacher's advice and relax a little. Relax a little. Now this is where the scene ends for me, and Uncle Iroh, to me, in this scene and in this whole show, obviously, is so awesome. He's so calm, cool, and collected when his nephew is always on edge. Uncle Iroh is always at peace with his surroundings and satisfied with life. And I think this morning we all need to take a little bit of a page out of Uncle Iroh's advice in his playbook and relax a little. We need to find some peace ourselves, especially in this crazy world that we are living in right now, or one that seems to be anything but peaceful, amen? However, true peace comes from knowing Jesus. Then so much comes from Uncle Iroh's advice, but it comes from knowing Jesus. It comes from knowing and trusting that his love is going to get us through, and the whole world is in his hands. Only then can we say our bottom line, I have peace because Jesus has got me. Our memory verse for today is one that many of you might be familiar with, both, both here in service and watching online as well. It's from Philippians 4.13, and again it says, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Another way it can be translated or said is this, guys. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This verse is often one you'll see on workout shirts, bumper stickers, or in someone's Instagram or Twitter bio. And I'm not saying that because it's a bad verse or to knock it. It's not a bad verse. But a lot of times it can be misquoted or taken out of context. Paul is writing this verse to his friends, the Philippians. And before he says our verse for today, he tells them several things to encourage them. And I wanted to share those with you all this morning. Earlier in the chapter, Paul tells them to tell God their request and to give him all of their cares. Then Paul tells them to be thankful for all the things that they have for life itself and to count their blessings. And then lastly, he tells them that if they think about every good thing, anything that is excellent and worthy of praise, only then the peace of God will be with them. This peace is something that Paul has felt. And so Paul is very knowledgeable when he's writing this. Paul has felt the peace of God, you guys, with him. When he's, when he's been taken, um, when he's been on the streets preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, he's felt that peace. He's felt it when he was shipwrecked and on the way to encourage his friends and churches that he knew. And Paul has felt that peace when he has been in prison for showing the world the love of Jesus Christ. He's in prison while writing this letter. To me, that's so incredible. He's still writing about peace, even while in prison. How crazy is that? Now, because of that, Paul knows that his friends must be concerned for him. How is he doing? Is Paul okay? Is he in pain? Is he sad because he's in prison? But Paul tells his friends, guys, not to worry. Why? Because Paul has learned to be content, which is another word for satisfied or at peace. Paul says he has learned the secret to being at peace 
in and in every in in any and every situation whether he's been well fed and taken care of or in need of food whether he's been living a life of luxury or a life where he feels like he wants so much more y'all want to know what paul's secret to finding true peace is it's this it's trusting and believing that jesus can give him the strength to get through any situation good or bad jesus has him in his arms And I think Paul would agree with our bottom line. I have peace because Jesus has got me. So my question for you this morning is this. Have you ever felt this peace, the peace of God? For me, it's been when I pray before I preach or when I've prayed in my heart before a doctor's appointment or in a moment or a situation where I've been really scared. For me, it's reassurance that God is over my situation and that he knows what I'm going through. Whether what I'm going through feels good or feels bad at the time, I know that God is going to work things out for the good. I know that I believe in a Savior this morning, you all, that is named Jesus Christ, who conquered the world. And if he can overcome sin and death, then I know that my Savior Jesus can give me the peace, the calmness, and the strength that I need for every situation. And I would say the same for you. Give everything to God because he cares for you so, so much. So with that, I say, relax a little. We need to take Teacher Paul's advice. Do not be troubled. Do not be afraid. Jesus is with you, and God is in control. Will you join me in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you so, so much, Lord, for the peace and the love that you have given us through your son, Jesus. Lord, you have given us the strength. If we seek you, God, in every situation, whether good or bad, We know, Lord, that you were present with us, that you have gone before us. You know what we're going through. You've seen it, God, and you can be with us, Lord, because you have come down through your son and you have hurt yourself. You have experienced pain. You have experienced the different feelings and emotions that we feel. Help us to know, God, that you care for us, Lord. You've shown that through Jesus. Help us to tap into that strength and to seek that peace that you offer us, especially during a time such as this. We love you, Lord, and in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, amen. Wherever you are right now, if you could, let's celebrate and let's give God praise for Reverend Peyton C. and for his insight during this impact moment. Amen. Thank you, Reverend C., for that wonderful sharing and just to remind us about relaxing as far as our place and our confidence in none other than Jesus Christ. Today I want to come before you and just share um, a few observations as we move forward in our worship experience. Again, uh, St. Paul and those who partner with us, I want to thank you for how you have been blessing us with your gracious generosity. We served last week 157 families, and we thank God for that as far as our food pantry is concerned. And again, I got to give a major shout out to those who are working in that particular area as far as the preparation each week is concerned. So thank you, St. Paul. Thank you to our food pantry ministry for their wonderful, wonderful work to be a blessing to families who really need our help. I also want to thank those who join me as far as a quick 15 is concerned. We have a wonderful time of sharing as far as time of prayer is concerned on every Wednesday night at 815. We invite you to invite somebody else to join us 
for a quick 15. We start at 8.15. You can get on at 8 o'clock, check in with other disciples, and have conversation and fellowship before I come with a devotional and a prayer. Just want to let you all know that our church conference this year is going to be online, and that's going to be taking place Saturday, July the 25th at 9 o'clock. We're going to host it virtually, and during this meeting, we will be presenting our uh, budget for our new fiscal year. Uh, I will be talking about uh, when we will possibly be coming back in as far as the church is concerned. And, of course, this is for all of those who are disciples of St. Paul. Uh, email has been sent out to uh, have you to register. If you have not received an email, please call the church office so that we can um, get that invitation to you so you can connect with us via virtually or online as far as a telephone call is concerned. So we invite you to help us as far as that's concerned. We're getting ready to go in uh, for prayer as far as our time of worship is concerned. And I want to ask that Reverend, well, Minister Eric Edwards will make preparation to uh, lead us in this time of prayer. First of all, I want to uh, ask that we will pray for our minister of music, uh, David Scott Gibson, who had uh, a procedure done this past Friday. Uh, he uh, had vocal cord surgery, and we want to flank him with our prayers. Uh, we're certainly delighted that uh, we have Sister Raquel Scott that is serving on keyboard. Amen. And she is a gifted musician, and she has been blessing us today. We thank God for uh, her gift. And so let's continue to cover Scott in our prayers. We want to lift up the family of Elise McGinnis. Uh, her final arrangements are pending. We want to lift up the family of Sister Lavina Ivy. Uh, her services were on yesterday, and we want to uh, lift that family in prayer. The family of Sister Josie Chambers, the sister of Deacon Nate Chambers. Uh, we want to lift up the family of Johnny L. Felton, the father of Veronica Jones, and the family of Brother Johnny Paul Edwards, the brother of Deacon Ed Eric Edwards. We also want to continue to lift up all adults that are on our sick and shut-in list, Deacon Michael Underwood and particularly Dr. Redman, uh, as well as others who are on that list. Again, we are living in some interesting and uh, chaotic times, so we want to continue to pray for all of those who are dealing with this pandemic, those who are protesting against police brutality and racism, as well as uh, the other matters that are facing their lives. We know that God can do anything but fail. We know that God can do anything but fail. Let me say that one more time for the Holy Ghost. God can do anything but fail. And so Eric is going to come. He's going to lead us as far as this time of prayer is concerned. And so let's turn our attention uh, heavenward. <clears throat> God, we come before you to just say thank you. God, thank you for your loving kindness, God. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace, God. Thank you for your provision. God, we also say thank you for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who died for us, God, sacrificed his life to save us. For that, Jesus, we say thank you. We thank you for your love. God, we just come before you this morning with heavy hearts, God, as so much is going on in this world. As Dr. Scott mentioned, we have protests, police brutality, killings, God, racism, 
all these prejudices against the black community, stereotypes. God, there's a lot of evil going on right now. So God, we come to you because we know that you can fix it for us. We come to you, God, because as Dr. Scott said, heaven has no sorrow that heaven cannot heal. So God, we call on you to just heal this world. God, to heal our troubles. God, help us right now, God, because we need you. God, we pray for those who have COVID-19, God, or those who has family members who suffering from this deadly virus. God, keep them, God, and, and heal them. God, help our nurses and doctors, God, to continue to fight and battle this virus. God, and help the scientists as they're racing to find a cure or uh, immunization for this virus, God. Empower them to be able to go forth, God, and put it into this thing. God, we pray for those of the disciples, God, who has lost loved ones, God. We know it's not easy losing a loved one. So, God, we call on you for your comfort, your compassion, God, your care. God, we call on you to be with our family, be with our associate pastor as she still continues to heal, God. Be with our minister and music as he continue to heal, God. Yes, yes, yes. Be with all of your people, God, and be with this church, God. Allow us to continue to go forth, God, and build on your kingdom to do your will, to spread the love of Jesus Christ, to help bring souls to you, God, so that we can build your kingdom, to do your will. And God, I pray that you allow us to become better Christians, better disciples, God, serving you. God, we know that we fall short, and God, for that we say sorry. Sorry, God, and forgive us for all our sins, for what we're doing wrong, God. Forgive us for making you mad, for angering you, for hurting God. We're sorry. And help us to just do better and be better. God, we claim this prayer and we claim it done, God, because we know that you are already working on our behalf. So, God, we thank you and we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Minister. Eric Edwards for that prayer and we pray that uh, in this time of prayer that you felt the presence of the Lord as far as your own personal reality is concerned. We know God is no shorter than his word and we're going to give God praise for an answered prayer right now. Amen. Do me a favor if you would, wherever you are, just put your hands together and just claim the prayer already answered. I want to move forward because we want to give unto the Lord and as we prepare to give unto the Lord at this particular time, uh, there are three ways that you can give here at St. Paul. The first way you can give is by either sending your check or money order to the church, 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28205. You can mail your envelopes to the church. If you want to drop off cash, call the church office. Make sure someone is here, and they will let you know when you can drop off cash, and we will make sure that that will get placed into the offering as well. You can go to our website, and you can click on the, the giving knobs as far as our website is concerned through ACS or through Church Life, and you can give in that manner. Another way that you can give is through the app called Givelify. You don't have that app on your smart device, download that app to your smart device, connect it to your favorite credit card, and give as far as that is concerned. And so as we prepare to give as far as our time is concerned, I'm going to ask if you would take your, uh, your, your gift and if you would place it in your right hand. We want to give God what's right, not what's left. 
Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come and we thank you for this wonderful, blessed opportunity to be able to partner with you and to be able to give unto you. And God, we come and, and as we prepare to give, we realize that the gifts we give here at St. Paul Baptist Church not only take care of this building, not only take care of uh, the ministries here at St. Paul, but God, we are a blessing to local, state, and even international mission and ministry works that is making sure that your word is spread and that your work is done. So God, if you would, we pray that you will bless those that will give, bless those that have a mind to give, bless those that don't have to give. God, for those that don't have a job and who have been furloughed because of the pandemic, here at St. Paul, we're not expecting them to give, but if you touch their heart and they give anyway, if you would, God, give them a double portion. Now, God, take these gifts. Bless them in a God for a way so that we can continue to do your work and spread your word. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would go ahead and give, and as our music ministry blesses us with the sermonic selection, and we solicit your prayers for what the Lord will do in the preaching moment.
like no other Jesus. Strength like no other. And I think strength like no other. And it reaches. our strength he is our strength he is our strength he is he is our strength my God thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you and Wayne thank you for your gift of providing leadership in that song I he is our strength to, for the time that is mine, call your attention to 1 Peter chapter 5. I want to read starting at verse 6 through verse 11. 1 Peter chapter 5 starting at verse 6 through verse 11. And it reads, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who calls us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. I want to preach for the time that is mine. It's bigger than us. Um, it's bigger than us. I will be the first to admit how hard it is trying to understand and appreciate the movement of God in all of our lives. I would readily admit that I fall short trying to recognize the purpose of God that pushes you and me to another dimension of faithful expression so that somehow God can be glorified through our actions. The circumstances of life coupled with our limited knowledge about the future can impede the opportunities, possibilities, and blessings that God wants to bring forth in our reality. We've been told that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But there are times, more often than not, we really wish that God would give us an inside peek 
into why God allows some of the difficulties to enter our lives. If God would just drop a hint on why we got to deal with the test, if God would just drop a hint why we got to go through this trial, if God would just drop a hint why we have to endure this circumstance, if God would just drop a hint why we got to go through this pain for our elevation and for God's glory, maybe, just maybe, we could appreciate it a little bit more. If God would give us a sneak preview to how this hardship that we have to go through is going to benefit us, maybe, just maybe, we would not be so apprehensive about the suffering we must endure. Have any of you ever wondered if God could get glory out of our lives in some other manner besides suffering? However, I want to suggest to you that this is not how God operates. In fact, we must admit that God does a lot of things that we're not too crazy about, particularly at the time God is doing it. And God does a lot of things that goes against conventional wisdom and worldly understanding. God allows us to suffer so we can become better, not bitter. God allows us to suffer so we can become stronger, not stranger. God lets us experience pain so it can produce power. God will permit a trial to set us up for a triumph. And God will authorize a burden to be transformed into a blessing. And yes, God will even tolerate us going through hell so we can shout hallelujah on the other side. I'll be the first to admit that I have great difficulty trying to understand the ways and the movements and the methodologies of God, particularly when it comes to my own spiritual development. I know that Solomon said in Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. Acknowledge God in all your ways and God shall direct your paths. I understand that, but I'll be honest. It is kind of hard trusting God when the problems I'm facing seems to be bigger than the God I praise. And this moment of weakness is further compounded and complicated by the trickery of the devil sowing seeds of doubt and discontent in our spirits. In fact, this is how the enemy sets up camp within the corridors of our mind. This is how the enemy plays tricks with us because we can see the problem, but we don't see the problem solver. We can see the enemy, but we don't see our great defender. We can see the sickness, but we don't see our healer. We can see the deficits, but we don't see our provider. We can see the hunger, but we don't see bread from heaven. We can see the thirst, but we can't drink from the water in dry places. We can see COVID-19, but we're not connected to the cure. And yet, we are expected to trust God when we aren't sure in our minds how things are going to turn out. This is because the ways and the methodologies of God are vastly different from our ways. Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. It's hard to perceive how God can take something bad 
and make it work for our good. How God can take a negative and turn it into a positive. How God can make your enemies your footstool. How God can take our weaknesses and perfect his strength in it. I don't know how God does it, but whenever God does it, it blows my mind. The reason that too many of us who follow Jesus give up too soon. The reason why too many of us stop looking at the live stream. The reason why too many of us fail to walk by faith and not by sight. Is because somebody in the church, somebody in our lives, lied to us. Here's the lie. Somebody told us that the moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then everything is going to be good. You don't have to worry about anything anymore. God's got you. You won't have any trouble. God's got you. You're going to be able to stand and, and whatever the devil throws at you, God's got you. I want you to know that's a lie from pit of hell. The lie is how a normal Christian life can be free of troubles, trials, and tribulations. Or, here's another one, here's another lie, if, if you have a problem, if you have a test, if you have a trial, then all you got to do is fall down on your knees, say a prayer, and attach this wonderful phrase, in the name of Jesus, and everything will disappear. Sort of like what your president said about the coronavirus disappearing by April. You thought that once you got saved, that you wouldn't have any issues with the devil. You thought that once you got saved, you weren't going to deal with any troubles in this world. You thought that once you got saved, that you wouldn't have any problems in your flesh, only to discover that was far from the truth. You really believe that once you got delivered from some stuff, that it would not come back at the most inopportune time and cause you to do some things you said you would never, ever do anymore. And I don't know to whom I'm talking to, but have you ever been in such a pickle, such a mess, until you went to the Lord and you told the Lord these infamous words, God, if you get me out of this situation, I promise I'll never, ever, never, ever, ever do this again only to find yourself right back in the same situation that God brought you out of. Uh, 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 I know, I know, I know, I know. You, you started this Christian journey all hyped, singing songs of praise every day, reading your Bible every day. You were in the Word constantly and consistently. You felt like God was answering all your prayers. God was giving you a Holy Ghost power to stand up against the craziness of your life. You knew without a doubt you were saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, fire baptized, had Jesus on your mind. It seemed like everything was going well, and then the bottom dropped out. Old mess popped back up. New enemies emerge. Trouble hits you like a plague. And you now find yourself wondering, where in the world is God? Where, where is this joy that I had when I first got saved? And you find out that God was not making your problems any easier. Yeah, you're, you're dissatisfied with your spouse. You're mad at the children. You don't like your job, the bills are piling up, you ain't too crazy about 
what's happening on the national and state and local scene as far as handling this pandemic. Uh, bad habits you thought you had tackled now have come back with great ferocity. The joy you had when you first got saved, it has now gone on vacation. The things that used to get you down before you became saved is bothering you right now. But I got some news for you. As you continue to walk with God, God will not allow for you to remain, here it is, in a state of infancy and childishness. God is in the process of giving you a promotion. But God does not give promotions to babies because babies do not have the mental capacity or the spiritual maturity to handle the promotion. Therefore, promotion oftentimes has to come through moments and avenues of suffering because it is the mechanism God will use to develop us and to grow us. Now, I don't want to suffer, but if I want to be all that God will have for me to be, then I may have to go through some things I don't want to go through in order to get what God has for me. Because the purpose of my suffering is to test my faith and exercise the grace when we mess up. So God, we often say, will not put any more on us than we can bear. But I want you to know that ain't true. Oftentimes, God will allow for you to take on more than you can bear so that then you will call upon the Lord to help you bear what you can't bear. In, in other words, uh, we need to stop going around talking about, oh, the Lord won't let you deal with no more than you can deal with. That's a lie from the pit of hell. I don't know about anybody else, but I have found myself in some situations where I felt like I was on the brink of insanity, and I had to call out to the Lord, tell the Lord to come and step in, because if God did not step in, I was going to lose my ever-loving mind. God is doing something in us, with us, through us. In this season of testing and trials, God is building character. God is forging our resolve. God is strengthening our faith. God is preparing.